Welcome to Nebraska here in Lincoln. On September 24, the Buckeyes have won 12 in a row. Friday night, a special night. It'll be a 300th consecutive sellout. 300 consecutive regular season sellouts. That will occur Friday night when Iowa arrives in town. I'm John Baylor. You may chime in. 402-413-2400. Here's the head coach on the Nebraska Volleyball Show, John Cook. 300. Wow. That's a lot of sellouts. Dating back to the old Coliseum, 2001. Yeah. It was easier to sell out there, about 4,200. Right. A little tougher at the event, about 8,200. Right. But it's an amazing streak. And uh, got a shout-out to our fans and Husker Nation and all the administrative support that we received to, to make all that happen. So pretty, pretty big deal. I actually, today, JB, you'll be impressed with this because I know you read the Wall Street Journal. Oh, yeah. I did an interview with them today about you. the sellout streak. Okay, tell us more. So the Wall Street <laughs> Journal reporter calls They're, up, and Lindsay's like, yeah, right. And they said, no, we're with the Wall Street Journal. No, Nate, Nate had to schedule a time today that nice. they, they called, and she's sports reporter for Wall Street Journal, and they're doing an article about the sellout and gave her some great stories, and I think they're going to do on, uh, you know, how, how much volleyball is growing across the country. And anyway... It's pretty big time you get the Wall Street Journal calling you. It's huge. It doesn't get any bigger. That's really something. And you're what, one of uh, how many volleyball programs that actually turn an annual profit every year? Maybe three? We're the only one. Hawaii? Hawaii sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So you, predictably, every year, yeah. you barely right. Hawaii depends on how many home games they play. They used to play, you know, all their non-conference home, so they got a lot of extra games. But they, you know, they got high travel costs. You know, it's not, gotcha. not cheap flying across the ocean. What were some of those great stories you shared with the Wall Street Journal? How about how tough it was for you to say yes to Athletic Director Tom Osborne's suggestion you move to the Devaney? Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about how the sellout streak started back on a on a beef club meeting, and I and then I challenged our fans to start a sellout streak like uh, football football had. Um, I talk about like I, every day I go run stadiums in the you know in the football stadium run stadium stairs and I see that darn sellout streak you know why the hell don't we have one? That's right. So now we have a sellout streak sign in, in Devaney. Where is it in Devaney? It's uh, uh, up on the second floor right below our offices okay. and there's the they made that cubby hole with the statue that Coach Pettit had made yes. of the bronze and we have a big picture of Devaney full and then it's it, it's up there they change it every game 300 consecutive yeah. dating back to 2001 I mean that's more than two decades of regular season sellouts the afternoon the morning matches that you used to have somehow those got sold out too yeah John, I, I, I mean, I, I think we have a huge waiting list. I know you do. You know, we also have 128 courtside seats, five sky boxes, standing room only that's been selling out. Are you thinking of expanding the place? Are you like at the with the 8200 capacity? I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know how much we can expand. You know, maybe upstairs, but you know, I when we were at Wisconsin, I, they they. You know, the field house is connected to the football stadium, and they did a fantastic job of combining the two and made this huge party area. And you can sit and watch football, or you can sit and watch volleyball. There's a big bar there. 
and uh, I'm sure they serve appetizers, and it's a heck of a setup. We could we could have like you know Wrigley Field rooftop, you know, up there in the standing room only. I don't know, it'd be fun, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I've not been in discussions of that. I've heard rumblings, but nothing. Maybe serious. add a couple rows way up top. Those are yeah. big areas, yeah. so you can see where you could add a fair number uh, of seats. But um, you know, some people still lament the loss of that home court advantage. At the Coliseum, and a lot of programs like Kansas State men's basketball when they, yeah. they left Mike Ahern Fieldhouse, went to Bramlage, it was never the same. But you saw a bigger picture. You saw that, yeah, we might give up a little bit in home court advantage, yep. but this is important for the sport. Yeah, and it was important for our fan base because we don't, we didn't want to lose. Nobody could get into the Coliseum. No. We, and we didn't have a student section. Can you imagine today with only 4,200 seats? Yeah. It would be nuts trying to get in there. Yeah. Yeah, but we were going to lose because, you know, nobody gives up their season tickets. I mean, it's like football. They, you know, this generation passes down the next generation. They, you know, they, you know, Keep gift, the gift it down. I know. So how do you get new fans in? Well, the only way was to move to Devaney. And we talked in the Wall Street Journal, we talked about that. And I said it was a, I didn't want to leave the Coliseum, but we were worried we might lose a whole generation of new fans. Couldn't get in. Yeah. I mean, and, and then we didn't have a student section. I remember, you remember Megan Hodge. With Penn State. Yeah. So I, I know, I think I've told you this before, but we recruited the heck out of her. Great visit. From North Carolina. Yeah. We had the chancellor came over to my house. I mean, we rolled it because she was very good academics. We rolled out all the stops. One of the best visits we've ever had. And she chose Penn State. And I said, why aren't you coming here? She goes, because you don't have a student section. She goes, and well, what's Penn State? I mean, they don't sell out, so they, you know, pack it with kids for free. Give, give them stuff and put kegs outside, and you know, come on in. How'd she turn out? Did she do okay? Yeah, she did pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> she she cost us the 2008 national championship. She could have helped, but well, now what? How, how does recruiting differ now versus back then when you're working with the Devaney as opposed to the old Coliseum? Well, the Devaney is really impressive, uh, and uh, we're able to display more things in there. We're not sharing it with Campus Rec. It's basically our our facility. You know, wrestling and gymnastics compete in there, but we train in there, and it's our facility. So it feels like a volleyball venue. It's beautiful. They did, you know, again, I, I, I in the article today, I gave John Ingram, and at the press conference oh. today, uh, Maggie Thorne, who... They did the designs, and they they did some really cool things to the make themes. it feel like yeah, make it feel like the Coliseum, mm. but you know, doubled in size. But it's, every seat's a great seat. Everybody feels a part of it. It's still loud. Uh, you know, I you know sometimes I'm up in my office, and you know when we play other teams play in the tournament, and. It is loud up there. I mean, the mm. the, the noise tra it's quieter on the floor, but the noise travels up. It's, you know, Wendy was back and we had some friends that she was sitting with and I said, hey, how, how'd, how'd the conversations go? She goes, we couldn't talk, it was so loud. <laughs> I think that was what was match was, uh, was might have been our Penn State match. Those beams along the roof, I should say the ceiling, are purely aesthetic. Yeah. They're in no way structural. They are to mimic what was there at the Coliseum, the, right. the beams. That was, that, that was a remarkable aesthetic choice. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's a, you know, you ask Jordan Larson, Kelsey Robinson, Caleb Banworth, 
they'll say it's maybe the best place they've played in the world. And they've played in a lot of gyms. The Coliseum floor was springy. Yep. Is it a vanity floor? Yes, same floor. It's built on, on rubber cushions. And then we put the TerraFlex on top of that. So it is a huge advantage for us over the length of a season and the length of their careers, how much pounding they take. And coach, this home crowd has never been more important than this year. Look where your struggles have happened. At Madison, yeah. at Evanston. Yeah. Whereas here, last time against Ohio State, late September, the crowd. How big was the crowd that it's night? Huge, huge. And we're gonna. Well, they're gonna get. They're gonna get their chances coming up here. So we're Purdue. Down, we're, we're down to week eight now. Six, six matches left. Six to go. And three of them are at home against top fifteen opponents. Uh, yeah, we have four home matches, four, right. two on the road. So Purdue, and then uh, Wisconsin, and then Minnesota yeah. at home. So it's I, it's it's gonna be a heck of a finish. I kind of wish Ohio State were gonna be at home. <laughs> Well, How tough is it going to be to play there? Oh, this, it's, man, it's been sold out for weeks. That's the other thing I talked about the Wall Street Journal today. We've sold out every gym. I mean, Northwestern broke a record. Illinois sold out. Michigan State broke the record when we played them, and then a couple weeks later when Michigan came in, they broke it. Uh, Purdue sold out. Uh, Ohio State is sold out. Oscar uh, fans, they travel well. Yeah, Wisconsin, you know, now is selling out more. We're, we're barely ahead of them, though, in the total attendance, even though they got to count the 15,000, right. you know, the big center. arena. Yeah, we're still ahead of them in the per-game average. What do you attribute this growth in the entire sport to? Yeah, JB, we're, we're leaving, reliving the, the Wall interview Journal. today. Yeah, I need to yeah. work for the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, you do. Yeah, this is what she asked me. <laughs> what do I attribute to? Well, first of all, Nebraska loves volleyball, mm. and it's good at all levels. We've talked about that. NET televised the first match ever, probably for volleyball, way back in the late '80s, when the Match Club donated ten thousand dollars for them to do it. So it got volleyball in every home in Nebraska and then now uh, with us going to the Big Ten the Big Ten has made a commitment to volleyball mm. and the Big Ten network is putting volleyball in a lot of TVs so but, a lot of people are seeing it but why the kids I mean, the growth of volleyball at the youth level exceeds the growth of any other sport it vastly exceeds now the participation of girls and girls basketball right what do you attribute that to? I, I, I think the nets lower so they can be just as dynamic as men. Uh, it's a great team sport and doesn't have the contact that basketball has. Uh, and uh, I, th I just think um, kids today, and, and, and there's so many great club programs, but as you know, a lot of sports, high school sports and at that age, a lot of it is social. It's not mm -hmm. winning national championships yep. or conference championships or getting scholarships. I mean, there is that part of it. But for most of those kids, it's a social thing. And volleyball is a very social game. And um, so I just think that and the explosion of club programs and the opportunities to play. Do you think it's more popular among girls and boys? I, I know with Title IX, it's a tough to compare, actually, because yeah. who knows how big boys volleyball could have been if without title nine uh yeah, it's really hard to compare because mm. it's but you know i think there's now a hundred not naia division three colleges playing men's volleyball all right a hundred now there's only 19 division one that's what 
that's what's tough. But there's a hundred of the Division Three, Division Two, and NAI schools mm-hmm. playing. So, for example, we one of our grad guys is from Mount Olive. Another one's from Ottawa. They have men's volleyball. So those are, and I don't, I don't know if those places have football or not, but uh, there's opportunities for men to play, but. Th- in several states, you know, there's no opportunity. Like Nebraska, there's no boys volleyball for high school, so they've they've got to find you know club programs to play on. It could it could explode. And I've I've begged Trev, you Men, know, men's volleyball right here. When USC UCLA come in, we've got Ohio State, Penn State. Let's get Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska in the middle with men's volleyball. What's he saying? He's focused on this whole football coaching hire. He's got a. He did not say no. He said, "Let me handle this hire." Yeah. And then the moment the the press conference over, <laughs> we want to chat about men's volleyball. We'll chat about it. 402-413-4200. There's something about volleyball I think is makes it uniquely attractive to, to females. See if you see if you agree with this. It's the most interdependent sport I know of. I mean, Michaela Fecky can't win a title on her own. Yeah. You're depending on every single teammate. Right. And women love to connect. Right. And this sport, just the, the, the collective spirit, the community within the sport, I mean, when you have chemistry in volleyball, it's imperative. You have to for right. success. But it's often just a byproduct of how the game is played, I would think, because you've got to go in and pat each other on the back and, and depend on each other every time. And so I think it inherently triggers strong chemistry and closeness that is particularly, you know, it appeals to everybody, but maybe appeals particularly to females. Yeah, I, I think you said it great. All that psycho babble. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, and I, they, they, you know, they, they love it. And, and you men, know, look at, all, look at all the players that stay in coaching, keep yeah. playing. I mean, go over to Spikes. I mean, we got so many ex-players playing over there, and then from from you know Nebraska Wesleyan and Doan mm. and UNO. I mean, they, they they all keep playing. That's another big advantage yeah. that volleyball has is it requires a little space. Yeah, you, you can really pack. I mean, pickleball. I think one real yeah. advantage of pickleball you're really close to each other. Sure, you're socializing with your opponents, but you're right next to another court and the next to another court. And there's there's just yeah. this concentration of people. Yeah. And people particularly love that. Uh, you know, Michael Lewis wrote a, a, a quick story about um, youth sports and uh, how his daughter, sadly now, tragically deceased daughter, played a club softball. And how he then wrote a story about this subculture that is club softball. Anyway, he looked into all the sports and he realized that the most profitable uh, among youth sports is volleyball, in part because these club teams don't need a whole lot of space. Yeah. You have a club soccer team. It's like, whoa! Yeah. You need a lot of territory. Volleyball, they can just they can pack them. And I think that's appealing. That makes it accessible to more people, and, and it makes it more affordable potentially. So, so a lot of things the sport has going for it. Yeah, and it's it is exploding. And you know, we I got to see a little bit of the state volleyball tournament. I mean, I, w- I walked into PBA on it was a Friday night, so that would have been the second night. Of course. The the f- couple matches were going long because when they went five games, so there was the, the next. I think it was Class B, and then there was uh, Class A and B were playing. Mm. I mean, it was packed. It was packed. Really, I couldn't believe it. It mm. was packed and loud. And you you know high school, oh, school the bands so and the kids they they get all dressed up and stuff. I mean, it was unbelievable. Is playing a match at PBA next year a done deal? 
And I, th I think if we can break the tennis record, we got to figure out how, how many you know how many people we can get in there. Trev is working on that. Pack him in. Well, you know, and again, that will be something once football gets settled. We'll be on that. Three hundred consecutive regular season sellouts for Nebraska volleyball. That's what gets celebrated Friday night to 6 o'clock, first serve against Iowa. We'll talk more about your Huskers, and we'll continue. 402-413-2400. This is your Nebraska Volleyball Show. Welcome back to your Nebraska Volleyball Show. Thanks for downloading us. If you're listening to this in a recorded version, so many downloads of this program. It's great to have you along, live or not, 402-413-2400. We're in the Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center. It's sponsored by Acres, the Midwest premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more. Acres, solutions for every field. And the Sports Nightly Hotline is brought to you by Woodhouse, where you can shop your way from one of the 16 convenient locations or online at woodhouse.com anytime. With 18 brands and a huge selection of pre-owned, you can always find what you're looking for with Woodhouse. Coach... 23-21 Northwestern in the fourth. They're up two sets to one. Images of South Carolina 2000 were popping in my head when they were about to pull a stunning upset. That was in the tournament. This was in the regular season. They were ready to storm the court. You could see in their eyes looking at each other like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. Shane Davis, his pose, it looked like he was ready to celebrate his greatest win as a coach. And the whole thing just turned on a dime. You find a way. You win that match. That's as close. Is that as close to a loss as you've ever had for a victory? I mean, that was just, oh, everything. They had all the momentum. Yeah. The crowd's roaring. The Husker fans are stunned. They're going. I was. I was sitting right next to their bench and their reserves, and you could tell the the, the players who were on the bench looking at each other, going, "I can't believe it! I can't, oh my god!" Like they were so. They were ready to like just sprint out on the court. It was going to be a huge celebration, and the Huskers found a way. Yeah. You you ruined a big old party. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's happened to us before. So <laughs> some parties that got ruined. That's sports, but mm. uh, you know, I don't know if it'd been the greatest victory. I mean, they would be Minnesota. And Minnesota, that's a heck of a heck of a mm -hmm. win yeah. on the road. But they played great. They played great. They got us out of our comfort zone, and uh, they took it to us. And uh, you know, but you you got to win some matches like that. You know, to hang in, hang in, and try to stay at the top here. But uh, you just got to win some matches that come down to it, and maybe you're out of it and fight your way back. How did the great Northwestern Wildcat, Timmy Thomas Ayara, finally have a big match against you? This is her final chance. Yeah. You always held her in check. Yeah. She's a great player. She's had fine matches. But this, she had 11 kills in the first set. I know. She finished with 26. You couldn't stop her. She couldn't stop her. I what mean, was different for her? And what? She was in the zone. Mm. You know, how, how do you, why does Steph Curry go out and get 50 points? He, he, you know he's going to shoot. Why can't you stop him? It was, uh, you know, she she was on fire. She was in the zone. And finally, she started running out of gas a little bit. And we started getting her. She made a couple errors. And, uh, you know, she was carrying a big load. And over five games, that's hard to do. She was off the floor two and a half rotations out of six. Yeah. Reminded me of the 20, 2006 National semifinal in Omaha against UCLA. Nana Merriweather, yeah. by far the UCLA's finest player. She only played three rotations, but she was a middle. That's understandable. It's very rare a middle play in the back row. Right. I mean, you, we can think in one hand. We can count all the times we've seen middles play all the way around. 
on one hand. You've done it once for a season with Jenny Crop, right. once ever. And we saw it at Kansas State in the, in the tournament in 2011. It's a, it's a rarity. That was then. She's an outside. Yeah. She leaves the floor. They're a different team. Yeah. If you had a player with that talent level, well, you've had them. Michaela Fecky, she arrived. What kind of a project was it? What kind of a commitment did you make to ensure she got on the floor for six rotations eventually? Yeah, we had to train Michaela to pass. I mean, you got your outsides that they play six rotations have to pass. So it took us two years to get her ready to pass. Remember, she was a middle blocker, and we converted. So she had really had never passed. I mean, she was leading point scorer in the Junior World Championships or Junior Youth World Championships in Thailand as a middle. But she, she wasn't passing. Liberos came in for her, so we had to develop her as a passer. Same with uh, Christina Hotelling. Mm. It was a middle. We converted. Laura Pilikowski was a middle who we converted. So those guys take more time. And it, you know I think in two years we can develop passers. What about Whitney this year? What about... Uh um, Lindsay, this year, how long does it take? Do you think? Yeah, well, they're in their second year, and we're, we they train it every day. So, so the goal is to have them ready to pass next year. I mean, Lexi's son came here in part, from what I understand, because Texas wouldn't play her all the way around, and you got her to play all the way around. Uh, right away. Do you feel sort of a personal commitment to these players, or like during the recruiting process? Is this something you discuss? Yeah, it's something we discuss. And I mean, I like playing our outsides all the way around because it gives you. And the one thing I don't like about our system now is, you know, one of the reasons we get in these close games is because sometimes we don't have the continuity or the leadership out there because so many people are coming in and out. So I don't, I don't like it from that point of view. You like it when you've got two outside hitters going all the way around. Maybe you've DS one of them. You've got a libero out there, five and a half rotations. And you've got a setter out there, six rotations. So now you've got four people that are driving the ship to where you want to go, as opposed to three in, three out, three in, three out. And that's one of the trade-offs of running a 6-2. So you've got three great setters. The fact that is the reason you're you're staying in this uh, 6-2 offense is primarily you're just you're having a tough time finding one yes. that you fully trust all the time. You got to have one great setter to do that, and nobody has really stepped up yet to show that they can do it. And remember, it's not just it's setting the ball is the most important thing, but you also have to play defense. You have to block, and because you have to go all the way around as a setter. So we we, we haven't got there yet. My understanding is. Most setters prefer to play full-time. Oh, yeah. So are, the three of them can't be particularly happy. So you, they're working super hard. They want to be the player. They, they just haven't, in your opinion, gotten there. Quite you're right. you got to show it. So everyone everyone wants the same thing. We just haven't gotten there yeah. quite yet. Yeah. But you're still open to possibly. We're always open. Every day you're open. Yeah. 402, 413. <laughs> you know, I'll remind you. Yeah, I've been reminded. Maybe it was you that reminded me. Last year, we didn't settle on our lineup till Wisconsin. the very last match of the last Second, weekend. Uh, yeah. Last weekend, after yeah. Thanksgiving, you decided you were going to bench Lexi for good and you were going to go with the freshman. Yeah. And so, Lexi didn't play again. Yeah. And But that's a little different than changing your right. entire scheme. Yeah. But we, we could, it, you know, it would take us a while, but we, we could make, you know, we, we actually practice a 5-1 all the time because we may get stuck and have, we had to go into it against Northwestern. We were in a 5-1 for a while because mm. we ran out of subs. Mm. So we're always practicing it. It's not that big of an adjustment. Uh, uh, it would just take a couple tweaks here and there. and It's mainly in our passing formations. You're focused on Iowa, 6 o'clock Friday night. But 
from your memory of playing Ohio State, what's tougher, beating them on the road or Wisconsin on the road? Well, everybody on the road is tough. And uh, we had a heck of a match there last year. We lost two deuce games. We did not play well. So hopefully our team is going to be on a mission to give a great effort. Now, will it be good enough? Ohio State's playing really well right now. They're, they're, I think they're the hottest team in the conference. They won 12 in a row. Yeah, they're the hottest team in the conference. They're playing the best volleyball. So it's going to take a big effort on our part going there to, to play them. I need to do the research. But doesn't it feel like there are more deuce games this year than ever? Like well, we've had 19 deuce games yeah. so far this year. We're 11 and 8 in deuce games. That was some of the information we shared with our team today. We got we got to be have a higher winning percentage than 11 win 11 wins in two point games and eight compared to eight losses. So, and, and two of them were against Wisconsin. Here's Mark in Omaha. Greetings, Mark. Welcome. You're on the Nebraska Volleyball Show. Hello, Mark. Uh, good evening. Hey, uh, you took. Uh, what I wanted to ask was, uh, as far as these moving some of the girls around, these rotations, as far as the sick role player, I understand that Lindsay was something. She was interested in doing this, and then uh, you guys had mentioned Whitney as well. Is it possible ever that Becca could ever move to an outside that is this girl can play anything. She can set, she can dig, and I'm sure she could hit from the outside. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Mark, you're right. She can. She did in high school, but uh, she's she's a better middle than outside hitter. Uh, although she could do that, and we recruited her to be a middle. So, so you know, we, we can't. If we move her out there, we got to go find another middle. So. Uh, yeah, that's relevant to my next question. Is that what you plan for Mendelssohn to go ahead and go to the middle, or is this is this Jervicious you got coming in? Is she, she going to be able to be a middle, or is she more of an outside? I guess you really don't know until they get there, but I mean... Yeah, um, yeah well, can't, I can't it, comment on, on anybody till for about another uh, 16 hours. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, Maggie, we feel she's a great, I'm talking a great slide hitter. One of the problems in the 6-2 is we don't run slides, and uh, that she is a phenomenal slide hitter. So she's a very she's a very intelligent player. Yeah, but just think of the basketball. You know, coming from basketball, they do a lot of layups. Well, running a slide is yeah. like doing a layup. Same footwork. Good stuff. Thanks so much, Mark. Women-owned businesses are vital to a thriving culture of entrepreneurship, innovation, and responsible contribution to community and the planet. Bank of the West is proud to provide resources, training, and solutions to help you achieve your goals. Learn more. Bankofthewest.com. Member FDIC. And the official co-op of Husker Nation, Central Valley Ag, invites you to participate in this, the Nebraska Volleyball Radio Show. Whether you're text from the tractor, call from the combines, farmer feedback is always welcome on your Huskers radio network. More head coach John Cook on your Nebraska Volleyball Show. If you hear this. Welcome back to your Nebraska Volleyball Show, 6 o'clock Friday night, Iowa, 300th consecutive regular season sellout for the Big Red, and then 3.30 Sunday, the big one, at Ohio State. This is your Acres Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center. Acres is the Midwest premier John Deere dealer supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more. Acres, solutions for every field and fans. You can win a Huskers football road trip package courtesy of AAA Nebraska. Package includes two tickets to the Black Friday game in Iowa City. Gas card, hotel accommodations. Enter at huskers.com slash AAA road trip. 
expect something more with AAA. Coach, we go to the text. This is from John in Omaha. To me, the change in my interest in volleyball happened when rally scoring became the official way to score. When you had to serve to score, it became so slow and painful, yet when there was a rally scoring to beat uh, everyone, it got so much more excited. What do you think? Uh, you know, I was totally opposed to rally score because I was such a traditionalist. I love side-out scoring. It was... Uh, <clears throat> You had to earn your points, and you, I love the three-hour wars that you have. You go, like go back and forth, back, and then you finally get a point. I mean, it just it grinded, and it was as Tough a coach, I loved it, and as a player, people loved it. You just had a chance coming back. Yeah, but the rally score is great because it's for the average fan. It's exciting. There's a point every play. I mean, what other sport? Ping pong. Do they have side-out scoring? No, they have every, um, what, rally score. What, what, what other sports have rally score? Ping pong? Uh, everything. Volleyball? Tennis? Oh, yeah, tennis would. Yeah. What else? Basketball doesn't. Pickleball? Football doesn't. Sp I don't know. I haven't played I've pickleball. I've mentioned pickleball twice in this show. Okay. I don't know what, how you, you score like tennis. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close, but yeah. I am no expert. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I think fans love it. It creates a lot of excitement, tension. I think I think John's got a point there. The new scoring has really helped. It helps with TV, yeah. all that. Meanwhile, yeah. we got to get an update on the Northwestern setter, uh, yeah. Sienna Nordemir. How is she? Uh, all I know is uh, she was released from the hospital. She, everything checked out okay. I I don't. I, I'm I'm probably. I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing she's going to be in concussion protocol for a while. <sighs> uh, and uh, but. They checked everything out, and there was, you know, everything was good. So the question is, you know, how soon they get back? So, uh, so we, sounds like what we know is it's no longer, or perhaps never yeah. was, life threatening. Right, right. And that's a huge relief. Right. So that's how ugly that, that, that collision. Was a scary was. deal, man. Oh, scary. she was gulping for air yeah. after the collision. So we, we, what we heard was, she hit her sternum which can really knock the wind. I mean, mm. you see a lot of football guys get hit and, you know, they can't breathe. But then she also hit her head on, on the railing. So it was a double whammy. And mm. so can't breathe, knocked in the head. It's a tough combo. 402-413-2400. All right, Ohio State. Jen Flynn Oldenburg. This is one of the great coaching jobs ever. They were doing okay before she got there. But she took those players and just boom. Right away, year one, escalated well, everything. Well, she's a great coach. She's doing a great job. She inherited a great team. Yeah, she had <laughs> a lot of talent, and uh, you know they're all seniors now. And um, uh, yeah, but she's she, she's uh, you know she's done a great job. But she was a great player. I mean, I tried to hire way back from Illinois mm. to hire Nebraska, but she didn't She didn't want to leave there, and then she got out of coaching and then coached club, but I think she had got married, had kids, and and now Ohio State came calling her alma mater, and she's done a great, really great, great job. Really relaxed. She's smiling at yeah. tense moments and laughing with the players. They look like they're having a great time, great chemistry, and great talent. All right, Emily Londot on the right, Gabby Gonzalez on the left, Mac Pedraza. Is is she the key to their team? They're great setter. Most definitely, she she they run a very fast offense, and she does a great job of putting up the ball. 
and and being really consistent. So um, yeah, she's a great player. But they, they've got a their whole team's a bunch of great players, and they they play really well together. They're and they've been together for and they've been together for yep. four years. I mean, that's whole group. What do you think? They're libero. Kylie Muir. Is she in the yeah. Lexi Rodriguez category? She's Gotta she's be. great, and she's from Muncie area. She mm -hmm. you know played with Kenzie Knuckles growing up, so they're tough, tough, tough kids. But don't forget, we have Iowa Friday, JB. I'm I'm laser focused on them. Yeah, more Nebraska volleyball show after you hear this. There's head coach John Cook. I'm John Baylor. This is your Nebraska Volleyball Show. Nebraska 811 says, go dig red. Before you dig, always call or click 811 to have your utility lines marked. It's free. It's easy. It's the law. And this one brought to you by Dorothy Lynch, home style and light and lean dressing. Endless flavor abilities. Coach, you kind of sense like a lower energy this week to the program. Am I letting you down? Like, we usually have people all fired up calling. It's, a more, it's more of a kind of a listen and learn crowd, I think, tonight. <laughs> well, it's getting colder out. Yeah. So... Leaves are falling. I don't know. Full moon. It's the dang time change, probably. Yeah, the old daylight savings. I hear yeah. they're not going to do that again. Yeah. This is it for is this clock it? changing. Yeah, I think yeah. next year. I still don't gonna... understand why we do it or why we don't do it. It makes no sense. I to miss me. the old times. I'm okay with darkness in the morning, but I don't like the 5:15 at night darkness okay. deal. But yeah. that, you know, no one ever asked me until this moment. I just volunteered that opinion. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I still don't understand everything behind it. But. You, you and I both. You're indoors. You're playing a. You're playing a sport indoors, so you don't have to yeah. worry about you know where the sun is or yeah, you know moon know. in its waxing phase. When you're you're coaching football there at uh, in uh, San Diego at uh, Coronado Coronado, Coronado High School. Uh, the weather in San Diego can be brutal. I mean, sometimes yeah. it can get to be like 74. Yeah, yeah, no. And it'll drop. I remember one night I dropped it like 61. It was yeah. a nightmare. A little yeah. wind. <laughs> All righty, Coach. Did you ever believe your alma mater could be number two in the country in volleyball? Come on. Um, How is this happening? Not number two, but definitely top ten. I mean, it's it's a great school. Yep. And, you know, one of my former players is a head coach there. Uh, and uh, But when we played there, you know, what, three, four years ago we went out there. I mean, it's – Are you on a wall? What is there not to like? Right, no. Are you on the wall of Hall of Fame out there? You got to be on a wall no, of Fame. I'm on no, they haven't done there. anything for you. No, nothing. They're still they're still trying to arrest me for all the stuff I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to go back. I was afraid to go back. They Where's might the... pull out some old stuff. What if we face them in a regional final out there, and you're still not on any wall? That yeah. could be bulletin board material. That might fire yeah, up the I Huskers. Like I like that. I like that. <laughs> all right, we got to forget about no peeking ahead. We got 20 seconds to, to assess Iowa. How big a threat are they? Well, uh, Iowa's, you know, everybody in the Big Ten's good. Yep. Everybody's playing close games. You talked about all the close games, and it doesn't matter who. And there's been a lot of upsets, and you got to bring your A game every night. But it's going to be a special night with a 300 sellout. I don't know what they got planned, but pretty exciting. Number 300. Thanks, Coach. I'm John Baylor. Talk to you Friday night. Say hello to the Hawkeyes. Good night, Nebraska.